The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. I've got a good word today that, that'll, that'll help you. I've done some of it way in the past, but it's been a, a long time ago. But I, I just felt stirred up about this truth today. I'm going to talk about receiving our inheritance this morning. How many Now, I don't mean that in some generic way. I'm not going to just generically show you some things about your promises and part of your inheritance. I'm going to light you on fire with some scripture this morning. I mean it, man. The, I cannot get into these scriptures without getting all shook up. So I'm warning anybody that's in this building today to watch out. I want to warn those that are live streaming. The Holy Ghost might hit you through these verses and just knock you in the floor and get down there and uh, receive, keep listening, but receive what we have today. But before I do that, real quick, I, I, was, uh, I was looking through some old notes from the past. And these are, these are, these are, this is, I got into some notes from a, a courts of praise, you know, that was our initial ministry here, what the church, a part of our ministry, was called courts of praise. We planted courts of praise in 1987. I'd been to New Mexico. I'd been to southeastern Ohio. I was in Georgia with a Christian college for a while and traveled and taught. And then in 1987, we came back to Cincinnati and we planted our, our church. We started in a living room in uh, the Green Hills area, right, not far from here. And uh, I don't know, at the, at, be, at the beginning there were seven or eight of us and we went on to grow and multiply and, 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 and God blessed us until, you know, during this time right here we were, we were, we were, we were between seven and eight hundred people. We were doing two services and anyway, I found a Courts of Praise staff meeting some things and uh but the reason it's important i'm not just going to tell you what we talked about at the courts of praise staff meeting that's not important uh but what 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 was important and i kind of remembered this that there's a quote on here by martin luther that i gave to the staff that day and this is this is what it says i just felt like i wanted to give it to you today so hello from 1994, Pastor Crabb's staff meeting. Here it is, Martin Luther. You know, Martin Luther was the great reformer, wasn't he? He stood up against the, the, the entire, you know, the, the Catholic Church at the time was not just the religious power and authority. There, it was part of the political authority. I mean, the Catholic Church was one of the most powerful forces on earth. And, uh, but Martin Luther recognized that we are, we are not justified by what we do. Right? Martin, because the, the Catholic Church at the time, they were, they were really into works and penance meaning that that's how you, you get out of your sin, you get forgiven for your sin, but was by you doing some penance, some self-sacrifice, some giving something, doing something. I, 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 I mean, they do stuff like 
you would have to, part of, your, of a penance might be like a, a, a big, long, tall set of stairs. You'd have to get on your knees and crawl on your knees up, up those stairs. You'd be thereby doing a penance. You'd be paying for your sin. But Martin Luther, one man, how I many know one person can make a difference? This could, you, the, the Martin Luther, Martin Luther got in his Bible and he found out, especially from the book of Romans, that we are not justified by what we do, we are justified by what Christ already did. And that means if Christ already did it, the way we connect to it is by our faith. So Martin Luther really exemplified the just, just people that live by faith. And so Martin Luther stood up against the entire Catholic Church. He was, he was a bold brother. I mean, his life was threatened. He was, he was I mean, you were, you were coming against the mighty Catholic Church of that, of that time. You remember the day that he nailed his 95 theses on the door at the Wittenberg Church? and uh, I mean, he was a powerful guy. He had some issues. He really did. He didn't do good. Martin Luther had, had a bad attitude about the Jews. And he needed to get right about that. And so there was other stuff that he had. But he had this one thing right. He had it. That the, we're not justified by what we do. How many are glad about that? I'm, I'm really glad about that. It's not, in other words, my salvation's not on me. It's not by what I do. It's not how good I do it. Huh? It's not how long I do it. It's not how much I do it. It's not how hard I do it. No, no, no. My salvation's based on what Jesus did at the cross 2,000 plus years ago and shed his blood on the cross, raised from the dead, and when I put my faith in him, that's how I get my justification. I've been leaning on that justification, man, for 48 years now. Amen? Anyway, Martin Luther. I hope our staff meeting, I think Joe was in that staff meeting, Brother Joe. I hope our staff meeting was as good as this, this right here has been. I, I think this is probably better than that. Martin Luther said, I was born to fight devils and factions. It is my business to remove obstructions. Hmm. Hmm. To cut down thorns, to fill up quagmires, to open and make straight paths. But if I must have some failing. Let me rather speak the truth with too great severity than once to, than once to act the hypocrite and conceal the truth. So what he said was, let, if, if I get in error, let me get in error by preaching the truth with too great severity. I may know that I believe the body of Christ needs some preachers today in, in, the, in, in this age that'll stand up and preach the truth with some passion, some fire, and some severity. Huh? The most popular messages in these days are, are soft, easy, grace-filled, which we love grace, but 
the, 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 the easy side of the thing. Let me, Martin Luther said, let me have a fault. Let it be preaching the truth with too great severity. And uh, we, need, we need to be telling people the truth today. People today are in trouble. And they need help. And they need hope. And the only thing that's going to help them is the gospel when it's preached with conviction and fire and power. Amen. And anointing and to challenge people to not, not like Martin Luther wasn't afraid of the Catholic Church. If he'd have been afraid of the Catholic Church, he'd have never done that. No telling what would happen to the world if, if one man like Martin Luther wouldn't have stood up. Stood up. He said, I, it is my business to remove obstructions. That's our business. Your business isn't just to be, well, bless your heart. And rub and pat and burp and, huh? That's not our business. Our business is to get in there and root out obstructions. Cut out thorns, fill up quagmires, and open and make straight paths. And that's our job today. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. So there you go. Hallelujah. Now, so I'm in the book of Romans this morning. And I'm in chapter 8. We're going to talk about receiving our inheritance today. Let's look at uh, the book of Romans, chapter 8, some familiar portions of scriptures. And verse 14 will begin. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Okay? So the, as many as are led by the Spirit, what are they? They're sons. They, that's, that's a true mark that you're a son or a daughter of God, is you're led by the Spirit of God. We don't know where to go, what to do, without the Holy Spirit telling us to do that, right? And which, 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 which equates with sonship, okay? So I'm a son, or, or a daughter in this sense. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. That's not the spirit you receive. That's why the church ought not be afraid. These people that are afraid all the time, I don't know what spirit they're, they're it's not the spirit of God. It's not, the, you know what it isn't? It's not the spirit of sonship because the spirit of sonship will drive you, lead you into a faith-filled confession and life of faith. You haven't received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Shout out loud, I'm not afraid of anything. Now, I don't care who the president is. I got a word for you. I'm not afraid. Huh? I, I'm honestly, I, I know no matter where your political situation is and who you voted for, and, uh, I, you know, I'm not more fearful today because a certain person is in the White House than another person because my confidence wasn't based on who's in the White House. My confidence is, is based on who's in the book and what's, what's the book say about everything. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But here's what you have received. You've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, or Daddy, Father. The spirit itself or himself bears witness 
that we are the children of God. And if you're, here we go now, and if you are children, you are heirs. What's an heir? Well, an heir is someone that's in a, that's part of a family, yeah. right? That whose, whose parents or grandparents, whatever it is, but there's a, there's a, a relational connection between someone that has assets and then the children of those that have the assets. And we just read, we are sons of God. We've received the, the spirit of adoption. So, and then he said this, verse 17 again, and if we are children, in other words, if we are really children of God, we are, he just told us we were, sons and daughters of God, you, then if you're a son or daughter of God, I mean, I don't care. This doesn't say you might be. Well, we're not sure if you're going to be. It says if we're children, then we're heirs. H-E-I-R-S. We are inheritors. Huh? It's, it, 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 comes with, it comes with being a son. It comes with being a daughter. It comes with being in the right family. I want to tell you this morning, I don't know who you think you are, but I'm telling you we're in the right family this morning because we have a father that's got some assets. And we, and here's the crazy part. It's not crazy that he's got a lot of assets. What's crazy is, is he got us in the family and made us children. And therefore, when he made us children, then we're automatically named heirs. Hallelujah. Shout out loud, I'm an heir. I'm an heir. If children, then heirs. You're heirs of God. What? Heirs of God. Huh? You're, you're not an heir of some wealthy, wealthy guy from Saudi Arabia that owns a bunch of oil fields. No, you're, you're, your father is God. And that's the family line you're in. You're an heir of God. That means, that means that he, whatever he downloads to you, I'm telling you, it's going to be more than enough. We're heirs of God. Heirs of God, and we're joint heirs with Jesus. In other words, we're gonna, we're, 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 uh, you know, we're, we're co-heirs with Christ. So what Christ received, we receive. If so be that we suffer with Him, and that we all may also may be glorified together. Now, let's real quick. That's good verses right there. And let's look over at the book of Luke, chapter twenty. Luke 20, let me show you something real quick and I'm going to get to where we're really going here. Hallelujah. can't believe it's 12.30 already. Man, this has gone fast. Just kidding. <laughs> Luke 20, and I'm going to read in verse 9 this morning. Then he began to speak to the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard and let it out to husbandmen, right? Or tenant, what, what, what my margin says, he let it out to tenant farmers. 
So these, he let it out to men that would, it wasn't their farm and they knew it, but they were tenants, but they were doing the work on that farm. He let it out to ten, tenant farmers and he went into a far country for a long time. And at the, at the season, he sent a servant to the tenant farmers or the husbandmen that they should give him the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenant farmers beat him and sent him away empty. So it was, it was right for the owner of the, right, the farm to send somebody and say, okay, I want the fruit of what you have farmed, right? But they beat him and sent him away empty. And again, he sent another servant. They beat him also and entreated him shamefully and sent him away empty. And again, he sent a third. And they wounded him and cast him out. Then said the Lord of the vineyard, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son. So it may be that surely they... They may have beaten these other guys and these three people that I sent. But I'm going to send my beloved son. It's so be, maybe they will reverence him when they see him simply because he's my son. They might do that to other people, but surely they wouldn't do that to my son. Right? But when the husbandman, when the tenant farmers saw him, the, the owner of the farm's son, when they saw him, they reasoned among themselves and they said, this is, this the heir is come. This is the guy that's going to receive all of the owner that, that we have been farming for. This is the guy, he's, gonna, he's going to inherit everything that the owner the, the owner has and, and thereby he's going to inherit all that we've done here and this field that we're working on. And so here's, look what it says. And I'm going to tell you right now, listen. Come, here's what we're going to do. Let us kill him. Kill the son. So that the inheritance may be ours. The, you know, the devil is still, he's still trying to kill the sons that are heirs. He's still, he's still trying to stop the sons that are heirs from receiving the inheritance. And so he said, let's kill him and it'll be over with. Amen? Verse 15, so they cast him out of the vineyard. They killed him. What therefore shall the Lord of the vineyard do unto them? He shall come, and he will destroy those tenant farmers, and give the vineyard to, to others. And when they heard it, they said, God forbid. But he beheld them, and said, What is then written? The stone which the builders rejected. The same is become the head of the corner. Whoever will fall upon that stone will be broken. 
but on whoever it shall fall, it will grind him to fine powder. And the point of all this is that, that, that the devil is after our, our inheritance. I'm, we have an inheritance. Church acts like we're, the, we're just barely getting along and how are we going to do it? How are we going to make it? You know what? I'm going to tell you how we're going to make it. We're going to make it because we are sons and we're daughters and we're heirs of God and everything we need we have inherited from God because God made a way for us to become sons and daughters of God. That's why you've you got to fight to, to, to stay an heir and, and all kinds of stuff comes to try to get your inheritance spiritually. But thank God they can't have it and they're not going to get it. Now, real quick, Hebrews chapter 9. Shout out one time. Say, I'm an heir again. I am an heir. I'm an heir. Praise his holy name today. Hmm? Now, this, now, this gets fun right here for the heirs. Huh? For verse 15, Hebrews chapter 9. For this cause, he, Jesus, is the mediator of the New Testament or the New Covenant. All right? Now, you know, I've, I've tell you this over and over. I know you may get tired of hearing it, but it's good for you to get tired of hearing it. This book is made up of two things. It's two testaments, right? We call this, what's the first part called? Genesis, the Old Testament, or the Old Covenant. The second part in our Bible is the New Testament. So we had, we've got an Old Testament and a New Testament. Now the New Testament doesn't do away with the Old Testament. But it includes everything in the Old Testament. But it just means we've got a new and a better testament that, that, that comes later. And they, we, they call that, the, he said in 9.15, he's the mediator of a new testament. Now you know, uh, years ago when Sarah and I were, were younger and, and, and Leah came along, we went to, a, we, we were... <laughs> I'm not sure what assets we had at that time when we went to see an attorney. But I'll tell you, we were full of faith and hope and we were expecting. There's co- assets are coming to the crab house. Huh? Assets are coming to my house. Now, we didn't have a lot, but we, we knew that when we go on to glory and we're out of here, that... that my daughter, at that time, we just had Leah, or however many children that we, we were to have, that they, would, they would, were the ones that would receive our assets. So I wanted, you know, you, get, you better have a will. The, so that's what we were doing. We were at an attorney, and we drew up a will. I love the word. The what? What did I draw up? I drew up a will. A will is what you... What you want. It's what you desire. 
right? This is, you, you get to do on your will, you can do whatever you want to do. Everybody other than me think I don't feel like I get to do what I want to do most of the time. Huh? Right? But, but when you're making up your will, man, you can write anything in there you want to write in there. Right? And so we went to the attorney and we said to him, this is, he said, okay, I'm going to write your will. What do you want? First of all, who do you want in your will? Now, I could have named you. That's, the, that's some news. But the bad news for you is I didn't. Huh? But who, who's, in, who's for sure in the will, right, is the children. And so we wrote it in there, in our will. The attorney was writing it down that, you know, all of the assets that James and Sarah Crabb have upon their passing, all of them are legally downloaded and transferred into the account of, of Leah and, and then as time went on, into Leah and Aaron's hands. Now, and then, you know, so they worked on, there was a lot to do about that. But then we, they mailed us a copy of the will. And in, on the will, at the top, this, this preached to me, it's been preaching to me for years. At the top of the will, it, in big, bold letters, it says, The last will and testament... Of James and Sarah Crabb. So what I had was I had a testament. Just like God's got a testament. God's got, you know what this really is? Woo! Amen. This might melt a camera, the, the live streamers today. This is the will of God. This is this is God's will. His this right here is God's last will and testament. And everything that he wrote in it and everybody that is a son or a daughter are included in the will. It took 66 books to get everything written down that was coming into my will. My God, we're serving somebody that's got some stuff. We're heirs of God. And you know, a will will stand up in any court in America, in the land. You might contest that and say, well, I went to Pastor Crab's church for a long time, you know, and he was my spiritual father. So I don't think Leah and Aaron should get all of it. Huh? You could contest it, but you know what they're going to do? The first thing they're going to do when, when there's something contested is they're going to they're, <laughs> they're pull out the will. They might have to blow dust off of it. <laughs> they're going to blow dust off of it. And they're going to be looking for the person's name that's contesting the will. But their name's not going to be in my will. But I guarantee you that Leah's name's going to be in there. My eldest daughter. And Aaron's name's going to be in there. My youngest daughter. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. 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 Because the, 
They are heirs of Jim and Sarah Crabb. Isn't that the joy of your life? That you work your life and you do your ministry and life. And then when you get out of here, you just, you got something. You know, the Bible says a good man leaves an, uh, an inheritance to his children's children. Huh? Thank God today that we have the, the last will and testament of our Lord Jesus. And here's, here's my real word for you this morning. And, and we are all in the will. Hey, we're in the will. You don't have to like it. You don't have, listen, you can argue that I don't deserve it. But I'm in the will. My name is in the testament. I am somebody that believed. If you believe, you by faith become a son and daughter of God. It cannot be contested that I'm under the blood and I'm in the right, I'm in the family of God and God has a will and my name's in the will and your name is in the will. I wish everybody shout as loud as you can, I'm in the will. Say it one more time, I'm in the will. One more time, I'm in the will. Now listen, remember what they did to the son of the owner of the thing? They said, this guy's the heir. We got to get rid of this guy or he'll get everything. That's why the devil's been trying to hurt us, stop us, confuse us and cause us to be fearful because he's after, he's after our assets. He's after our, our inheritance. And I listen, you know me well enough to know I'm not going to take time to explain it. I'm not just talking about money stuff, physical stuff. I'm talking about I'm an heir of love and peace and joy. You can't have, that's mine. I'm a son of God. All the spiritual aspects of, of this thing are mine. Look here. For, for this cause, he's the mediator of a New Testament. That by, now watch, that by means of his death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. <laughs> watch now, this, this is good, verse 16. For where a testament is, where a written will is, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator, which, which really means that the, the guy that wrote the will, there's, there's one, certain, one thing that has to happen. It's of necessity. Now, you know, right now, Leah and Aaron are in the will. But you know how much they got, of, got in terms of the assets of that will so far? Close your eyes, everybody, real tight. What do you see? Nothing. That's how much they've gotten so far. You know why? Why? Why haven't they gotten anything? Because I'm still alive. And... And in order for the will to be in force, 
that guy that wrote the will's got to die. Well, I got good news and bad news. Leah, Aaron, you are in the will. The bad news is daddy ain't dead yet. And daddy is going to live a long, 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 strong life. So you're in the will, but you got a long time to wait for it. Because me and mama ain't going anywhere for a long time. Praise God forever. Isn't that right? I'm in the will. Now listen. Let's read that verse again, verse 16. Where a testament is, or a written will, there must also of necessity be the death of the guy that wrote the will, the testator. Now, look how awesome the Bible is. Jesus, we read in Romans, we're heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. Now, just like it's true now, it's true in spiritual things too. The guy that wrote the will, there's one thing that's necessary. He's got to die. Well, the guy that we're counting on, the, the, the guy that, is, is, that has the assets, he did something. He died. Jesus died. Jesus died. So, you know, Leah, bad news for Leah, Aaron, I'm still alive. My heart's still beating. I'm still going. It doesn't look like it's going to be anytime soon. It's going to be a while. Huh? Right? It's, it's, it's bad news for them. But there's coming a time they're going to have my funeral. And, you know, we might even have Josh Barclay sing a song at my funeral. And he... He'll sing about good old Pastor Crab. And Leah will, Leah and Aaron will undoubtedly be sad. But they won't be sad that long. Because all of a sudden, they're going to remember their daddy's words that you are in the will. And now that daddy and mama are gone, you have a right you got a right to everything that is in their will, every asset they have, every blessing they were able to lay up and store up. They laid it up for you. Now, Leah is going to, Leah and Aaron, are, you're going to see them drive in the cemetery real slow, and it's somber. But you're going to see them leave the cemetery. And they're going to be, I, you're going to hear music playing from their car. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Hallelujah. I'll fly away. Oh, glory, man. You, because, because, and you know what? I'm not bummed out about that. I'm thrilled about that. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I did it. Christ died for us and left us and he put us in the will. Now, wait, one, one more thing. But there's one more powerful part of it. Here's the cool thing. What, was, what were the requirements of the testament being in force? 
the guy that wrote it had to die. All right, Jesus wrote it. The Holy Spirit wrote it. Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father, one. They wrote it. Put me in the will. All right. But all the, the only requirement was you got to die. But there was never anything written about what are we going to do if he raises from the dead. <laughs> Whew. What are, wait, 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 wait. So Jesus accomplished the necessity. The requirement was fulfilled when Christ died. So we could jump up and say, hallelujah, we're heirs. But, uh, but you know, then all of a sudden on the third day, the same one that wrote yeah. the will, the same one that died to fulfill the requirements, now he raises from the dead. And I'll tell you why he raised from the dead. I call Jesus the, the, the enforcer. Jesus rose from the dead. I'll tell you one of the reasons he rose from the dead. One of the main reasons is to enforce your receiving your inheritance because that's why he died. So he wrote it. He died for it. Then he rose again, listen, to make sure you and me get all of it. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost enforcer is in the house this morning. And he is enforcing. Oh, no, no, no. Don't you, don't be messing with the air. That's my son. That's my son. He's, he's, a, he's a strange son, but don't you be messing with him, devil. He's not a perfect son, but don't, that doesn't, there was no requirements for perfection. What the requirement was, that just that my name was in the will and I'm a son and daughter of God. And I'm telling you, when the devil tries to take your, some of you, some of us, you and, and me, we, we live so far beneath our inheritance. We've inherited God. We've inherited the kingdom. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. All the things that are in the kingdom, peace, joy, victory, love, the Holy Spirit, healing, all the dynamics of the church and all that thing, man, we're heirs, we we have received a, a, a lot. We've received, we're heirs. And the will was written. It's legal. See, that, I don't know how some people read their Bible. I read this as a will. This is an enforceable thing. This thing, this thing is a, it's like a legal contract. It is. And it is his last Will and testament. And we are in the will. And he died for it, rose from the dead to enforce it for you and me to get every asset that's in that will. I want to tell you, you know, I, I, I tell the story of my, my grandmother was mama, we called her Mama Crab. You you think I'm feisty, man. You I'm going to tell you, man, I, I inherited my feistiness from Mama Crab. Mama Crab was a, lived in the country. She grew up poor. They lived out down in Mississippi, man. They were 
They were poor and uh, never had much. She married my grandfather. He taught in a one-room schoolhouse, and then he would do tenant farming on the side, and they just, you know, made their way. And all their life, man, Mama Crab would, uh, <laughs> she, she would, she would look forward to the day that she'd give me her assets. Well, I didn't think Mama, had, Mama Crab had any assets. I didn't think she had much. Till the news came, Mama Crab's dead. I said, Mama Crab's dead? Oh, no. <laughs> and then, so, see, if Mama Crab was broke, there'd be double bad news. Right. Mama Crab's dead, and, you're, and she was broke. You got nothing. Right. <laughs> you were in the will, but you got nothing. She didn't have anything. Mama Crab, we try to get her. I remember we used to, when we go to Mississippi, she would, she'd be hanging sheets out on the, on the clothesline all the time. And finally one day somebody said, Mama Crab, why don't you, why don't you granddaddy get a, get a dryer? Oh, we couldn't afford it. You know, so I'm thinking, well, we, we got nothing here. So Mama Crab's dead. That's not good. But then my dad called me. And my dad said, Mama Crab had some assets. And Mama Crab left X amount of assets between you and your sister. You know Mama Crab's assets was what got Sarah and I our first house. That was the down payment on a first house that we ever got. And it wasn't millions. It was thousands of dollars. But it was big for Mama Crab. And I'll tell you what, it was big for us because we received it simply because we were in the will. Hmm? We're in the will, Ron. We're not barely making it. I'm not, I'm, I won't receive it. I'm not barely making it. I'm going to win. I'm going to come. I'm going to get everything that's in, my, in the will, everything that my father put in the will for the glory of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Say it one more time. I'm in the will. I am in the will. Mowry, you're in the will. You're in the will. The will of God is healing. It's in this will. It's right here in the Testament. The will of God is joy. It's right here in this testament. The will of God for you is, is supply that, that, that is un, unimaginable in your natural mind. That's for you because your name is in this will if you're a daughter. You born again? I know you are. I'm just rhetorical for these guys that don't know. You born again? You, your sins forgiven? Is God your father? Amen. You've committed your life to Christ? What's that make you? That makes her a daughter of God. So be nice to Mallory, man. She's a daughter of God. She's got a bunch of assets coming her way. Man. Praise God. And so do you. Let's stand up and give the Lord a good hand clap. I got, I got about six more hours to say stuff about that. But this, you know, and I always say this when I talk about Mama Crab. If, if, Mama Crab worked hard, man. She took in laundry. She ironed clothes to make extra money. She worked really, 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 really hard. You know, I love going to Mississippi because I'm a morning guy. And, you know, man, but I didn't know what morning was till I got to Mississippi. And Mama Crab granddaddy, they'd get up 4.30 and 5, and there'd be, there'd be bacon frying and 
homemade biscuits being made and all that, that kind of stuff. They worked hard. But if, if somebody, what if I said, well, I don't know if I'm worthy to receive Mama Crab's inheritance. I'm not sure that, no, I'm going to tell you, Mama Crab is so feisty. She would be the first person to ask for permission to come back to earth and she'd be looking for little Jimmy and she would whip my rear end and she would say to me, the reason I worked so hard and created anything that I had was because of you. So you better receive it. Don't be, don't be putting it off, man. In the name of the Lord. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y.com.
We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com.